devotional podcast to make sure you have some spiritual nourishment to sustain your journey with Christ. On Wednesdays, we've talked about apologetics and being able to defend the faith. One key verse regarding this responsibility is 1 Peter 3.15, which says, Always be prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for the reason for the hope that's within us, yet to do it with gentleness and respect. The best way we can be prepared is to fill ourselves daily with the scripture so that it's naturally what flows out of us. Then we ought to research some common objections to Christianity and learn how to address them from a biblical perspective. Today I want to look at the question, do all religions lead to heaven? Have you ever seen the coexist bumper sticker with all the letters consisting of the various religious symbols? Perhaps you've heard the statement, getting to heaven is like climbing a mountain. Both have many paths and all of them lead to the top. Or maybe it doesn't matter what you believe as long as you're sincere. Well, all those sound well and good, but they neither stand up to basic logic or claims of scripture. To discuss this, let me introduce you to the law of non-contradiction, which states that two opposing truth claims cannot both be true at the same time. For example, you cannot have a married bachelor. It's either one or the other, but not both at the same time. While the coexist bumper sticker may be acceptable in our pluralistic society, it may not be safe to drive around with it on your vehicle in an Islamic country. And the statement may be true regarding climbing a mountain and not being offensive towards other religions, but it's not true about getting to heaven. You see, it doesn't matter how sincere you are in your beliefs if you are sincerely wrong. Without a doubt, most religions agree that we should be kind to one another, but they disagree about God, Jesus, the universe, man's origin, human nature, sin, salvation, life, death, destiny, meaning, and purpose. In fact, no two religions agree about each aspect of these very big ideas. For example, regarding life and time, Eastern religions like Buddhism and Hinduism see our existence as a continuous cycle of life, death, and reincarnation from which they one day hope to be set free. The course of attaining that freedom is based on works done in this life. You see, there's some similarities. But Buddhism recognizes no gods, while Hinduism venerates 33 million gods, Jesus just being one of the many. Well, both of these beliefs cannot both be true at the same time. Monotheistic religions like Islam, Judaism, and Christianity separate themselves by having only one God. These three are similar in that they define time as linear with a creation account, judgment after death, and an eternal state. They all even acknowledge Adam, Noah, Abraham, Moses. But the means of salvation, specifically what they believe about Jesus, is where it all falls apart. Now, Islam does reference Jesus as a prophet, but not as God or Savior. At the judgment, the Muslim faithful are basing their hopes of salvation on their submission to Islam and their works. As for the Jewish people, Jesus did come to his own, that is the Jewish people, and we know from scripture that they saw him as a rabbi or a teacher. He extended a legitimate offer of the kingdom to Israel, but they did not receive him. Their hopes of salvation hang on their lineage from Abraham and the keeping of the law while they await the Messiah yet to come. Christianity accepts the Old Testament scriptures as they foretold the coming Messiah in the person of Jesus Christ. Salvation for the believer in Christ is based solely on his shed blood on their behalf for the forgiveness of sin. In fact, all of the Old Testament sacrifice pointed forward to the sacrifice of Christ on the cross. There is no work required for the gift of salvation. Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 says it's for it's by grace that you are saved, not of works, not of yourself, lest any man should boast. If any works were involved in salvation, grace would no longer be grace. Titus 3, 5 says we are saved not by works of righteousness that we have done, but by his mercy. 
Furthermore, Jesus clearly stated, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. This claim is counter to the contention that all roads lead to heaven. He said, I am the way to heaven. If there were another way to heaven, Jesus would have been a fool to die on the cross. Jesus even prayed that if there was any other way that this cup would pass from him, but there was no other way but through Christ. Acts 4.12 says, Salvation is in no one else, for there is only one name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. The God who never changes was the same in the Old Testament. God has never been a pluralist. He never said, just pick any God and head my direction. In fact, the Israelites got themselves into trouble when they started collecting gods from the other nations surrounding them. It caused them to be sent into captivity. That's because God is not a fan of pluralism. He knows that no other gods exist, that he alone is God. Now, this may sound very exclusive, and it is. There is no other way to be saved except through Christ. But Christianity is also very inclusive in the provision made at the cross. The blood that he shed was sufficient for the sins of the entire world, but it's only effective for those who place their faith in Christ. Now, this may produce a second question for you. If religious pluralism is false and Jesus is the only way to heaven, then what about the fate of those who have never heard about Jesus? Without a doubt, this is a difficult question to address. There's no easy emotional answer, and no worldview comes without its hard questions. Nevertheless, here are some scriptures that my mind wanders to when I consider the fate of those who have never heard about Jesus. Acts 17, verse 26 and 27. God determines the time and places for each of us so that we may seek him. John three sixteen. God passionately loves the world and went to great lengths to save us. 2 Peter 3, 9, God is not willing that any should perish, but all come to repentance. Ezekiel 18, 23, God takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked. Psalm 19 and Romans 1, that God has provided both general and special revelation in creation. Romans 1, 20 also says that we will all be without excuse. And finally, Genesis 18, 25, God's nature is just and he will do what is right. Now, we will never comprehend the mind of God, but this ought to serve as a reminder of God's character and that we can trust him to do what is right. If you have a burden regarding those who have never heard the gospel, pray that they may hear it. Maybe send or support missionaries to do their work in the field or in translation. Finally, if you get the opportunity to go on a missions trip, by all means, go. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for providing salvation in Christ. Thank you for the truth of your word that is time-tested and stands up to scrutiny of critics and other religions. We pray now for your word to continue to go out to those who have never heard all around the world. Give us the boldness to take your word across the street or across town. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, join us here Monday through Friday for more devotions from the Bible Fellowship family and on Sundays for our services streamed live on YouTube and Facebook. The links for our services are available on our website, www.bfcsebring.com. You can join us in person on Sundays for service at 9 and 11 a.m. or at 6 p.m. for our evening service. Have a blessed day.